Hello. Hey, Jake. Josh, what's up, my man? What up? I got a fresh question for you today. Uh, just coming out of a jujitsu class, like I don't know, five hours ago here in in uh, Barcelona, and uh, it was a f- yeah. I'll I'll kind of give you the situation and ask the question. So then uh, today when we went into sparring, it was the first time I actually had like a very quote unquote successful spar because I I tapped one guy out three times and then another guy once and both were pretty new at jujitsu one guy was like three months in and he was a little heavier than me the other guy's probably around my same size but i have no idea how long he's been training and then i came out of that that class feeling pretty good like wow i've never done that before you know only like four months into training and then my thought was like wait a second should i have not done that because did i really learn anything here um and I thought maybe it would have been more beneficial if I just let them get to side control and then I regard because that's something I've been trying to work on is like getting out of side control is so hard for me. So what are your thoughts there? Like what in terms of, so the question is how should one think about rolling with people who are not as skilled as them? Yeah. Right. Um, it's a good question. And I can see, I can see what you're talking about. Um, saying that you should work on your side control escapes um, because that's what you feel like you need to work on. And that's probably where you feel like you get stuck against people that are better than you. So I can see where you're coming from with that. But at the same time, I think it's exciting for you and probably pretty fun to have your first quote unquote successful um, sparring session by getting some, some taps, which is cool. I mean, it's awesome. Exciting. And uh, I think that's a very important aspect to develop as well. The only thing I would say against that would be that these people that are, you know, not as experienced as you kind of put yourself in their shoes a bit, which is probably easier for you to do than for me to do. And just kind of realize that they're probably getting smashed a lot. So maybe you know, for parts of the role, you can focus on, you know, why why not do both is basically the answer that I'm getting to, to kind of let them be on the flip side of the coin as well and give you the opportunity to work on your escapes. But at the same time, I do think it's important for you to develop and and feel what it's like to, you know, have some submissions and some dominant positions. And um, again, like just be able to to hold positions is is very important as well. So um I think there's there's skills to be developed on both ends that you can you can do against people that are not as experienced as you. Yeah. How do you do it? Like if you roll against a white belt or a blue belt, let's say they're your size, how do you normally go into it? Let's say it's a new person coming to the gym. Yeah, it probably depends what I'm working on for the most part. Um if I'm so right now I'm kind of transitioning to bottom position. I've been working on guard passing for a while. So when I was working on guard passing, I tended to um, like basically just get on top as fast as possible and then pass the guard. And a lot of times what that means is heisting up from bottom position. Like it's, it's kind of hard to sweep people um, that are just like kind of hunkered down. So like a lot of times you just like grab their, head and like their ankle and just do like an ankle pick and then you just pop up to top position and then i would work my 
guard passing. Um, so that's kind of the way I would go about it. Like I kind of let them start on top and then I would get on top and then kind of smush a little bit. And I kind of felt like a little bit of a jerk, but like, it's kind of just the nature of it. I was trying to, to practice that, that aspect of it. Um, and honestly, it's kind of the first time in my jujitsu career that I've taken that approach. So, um, yeah, but as far as bottom position, the way I've been trying to approach it is a lot of time top position too. this, this same principle applies like a lot of times in order to attack people, you need to give them something so they feel like they're working towards something. And then that thing that they're, they're chasing leaves them vulnerable. So a lot of times against, against people who are better than you, you're hesitant to be like, Oh, I can't let them get past. I can't let them get this underhook because if they do, then like I'm two steps away from getting smashed, you know, like I'd rather just keep this. So I have three defensive mechanisms in place. Whereas against people who are not as good as me, I tend to try and be like, okay, I'm going to let you have this piece to see if I can have an effective counter um, when you do get this far, you know? So that's kind of the way I've been approaching it. And then hopefully what that translates to is me being able to feel more comfortable giving a little to create some movement and uh, some action when I'm going against people who are more experienced than me. So um, that's kind of been what I've been experimenting with when I'm rolling with people that are are less experienced than me. But it, at the same time, it also requires them to kind of understand where the battles are. So they're like, oh, I know I need to get this underhook as opposed to be like, I'm just going to try and lay on you kind of thing, you know, then it's like right. not doing anyone any good. So, um, yeah, those are my, yeah. those are my initial thoughts. Yeah. It reminds me of that, that latest BJJ mental models podcast with, I think it, you mentioned it was Joseph Chen. Yeah. Joseph, Joseph. Yeah. Yeah. Joseph Chen, where he was talking about practicing his A game or his versus his B game. Do you think that, that seems to be another approach is like when you're rolling with someone not as good as you, maybe it's just a good opportunity to practice things like you're not as good at. And for me, that could be side control escapes. Um, do you ever, do you think about it that way as well? Like using, practicing your quote unquote B game? Yeah, definitely. Um, and a lot of that is for me, at least like, it's just finding different ways to combine what I'm already good at or trying to incorporate a new skill into what I'm already good at. So a lot of it is like kind of timing in the sense where it's like, what is the appropriate time to connect these two things? And that's much easier against people who are less experienced than you. Like a lot of times that window is open a lot longer um, for you to see it, especially if you're recording your roles, you can just kind of like try it like 17 times in one round as opposed to like try it once, doesn't work, you get smashed. And then it takes you, you know, two minutes to get back. And then you're like, man, do I really want to do this again? Because there's only like, you know, so yeah. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of the way I've been going about it. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing I've been thinking about is like the fun aspect, because maybe you're at a certain point and I'm sure it's going to happen right now. I'm totally in the honeymoon phase of this jujitsu, um, addiction, but I'm sure there's going to be a time where like 
it's it's just like grueling I'm like you know what maybe i'm just gonna roll with some people that are not as good as me and just have some fun feeling the offensive uh success you know and right now i'm it's everything is so fun so maybe i take advantage of this and be like okay maybe right now i'll hold back a little bit let, let me do some work some side control escapes that's gonna be fun anyway like overall my overall attitude is still really fun i'm not like burnt out and that kind of reminds me of the, the joseph chen episode too i'm like growth versus performance and maybe it's like fun and fulfillment versus like performance and growth all the time so uh, that might be an aspect too like <laughs> when you're not having fun maybe blue belts should just go roll with a bunch of white belts and just have some fun again or something i don't know if you've ever felt that way <laughs> that's i didn't consider that and i think that's really a good point to bring up i think that makes a lot of sense yeah yeah. Do you ever have those days where you're like, man, I'm just gonna have some fun. Let me, let me, let me take on some of these smaller guys or, or these uh, less experienced players. Sometimes, especially if I feel like people aren't like buying into it a bit, you know, like sometimes like when I was teaching like the guard passing stuff, like people would still be doing like what they're traditionally like taught. And I just felt like, you know, like maybe you need to feel this a little bit so you buy into the strategy so i would just kind of <laughs> smash them a little bit um and uh yeah i think it, i think it was for their own good i think is the way i looked at it framed it in my mind that's awesome getting to see the teacher's perspective peek behind the curtain a little bit um how about rolling with smaller people like maybe they're what if they're even more skilled but they're just smaller does that change the equation for you like how would you approach that and uh what value is there in rolling with smaller people yeah it's definitely a different problem to solve and man it's a really good question again i think like when i'm rolling against like women or whatever like just as an example of someone smaller than you tend women tend to be smaller than me I try to play mostly bottom position. And when I am doing like guard passing and stuff, I'll focus mostly on like loose types of passing and maybe like transition to like go loose passing, but then like drop down to a body lock. But like you're like already like almost past where you don't have to like really grind um, to get past them. Cause yeah, I just feel like it's tough to not use your strength in those types of aspects um yeah and and again i think it's it's probably more beneficial to it's, it's a really good question um the way i've tried to approach it is basically like focus mostly on bottom position where i can not worry so much about my weight being as much of a factor and they're probably faster than me and it will give me a chance to to kind of work my my guard skills um it's the way I've, I've tried to approach it yeah but at the same time like man it's it's, it's tough because like when i was doing my half guard stuff like things that you think work because they work on bigger people all of a sudden the smaller person's able to get their knee shield in. they're able to get their butterfly hook in they're able to cause different problems so it's tough it's a tough question to answer because you always feel like you're flirting with the line of being like, I don't want to be a jerk right now. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you kind of have to do that if you want to get some realistic um, responses and get some different scenarios. So yeah, I, 
I don't think I have a good answer for this one, honestly, right now. But uh, yeah, I always feel like I'm flirting with the line of like, I'm not trying to be a jerk kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it's interesting yeah. with the speed thing because with someone smaller, they're so much faster. So maybe like the value in rolling with faster people is getting to work your opportunistic type of game. I don't know if that's that's an element of it too, like reacting to them or maybe like countering, uh, riding the wave, so so to speak, of like all their dynamicness. I don't know if that's an element of it too. Yeah, it could be uh, like a good way for you to focus on your control and uh, like trying to slow down on their their pace. Because like a lot of what jujitsu is is not trying to make at least um, the jujitsu that I'm trying to like implement is, is making your opponent less athletic as opposed to making you more athletic. So, like I think the making yourself more athletic would be trying to jump through those windows that are open for a very short period of time as opposed to being like, let me just slow you down and make you less athletic so I can crawl through this window. Um, yeah. That's, so that's great, tend to yeah. how, how I approach it. Yeah. That is a great point. I was thinking about it like, wow, they're really quick and fast. So maybe we got to like work on being faster, but now you're like, oh, actually it would make a lot more sense to just slow them down. Yeah. That's a, that's a really, really good point. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Dan, I'm, I'm reading that Danaher diary thing. Oh, uh-huh. I'm listening to it on Audible. Yeah. Um, it's really cool. He brought up the point of uh, how like in a, a sprinter's race, like most people focus on like making yourself faster because it's illegal to make someone else slower in that type of event. You can't just like, I think he said like break someone's legs or something. He always goes like to the extreme. Uh, he's like, you can't break someone's legs in a sprinting race or a foot race or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, he's like in, in jujitsu, you can like literally tie people's legs together and make them unathletic before you start to attack them, you know? So um, it's definitely that approach that I think is like the superpower of of jujitsu. You don't have to step into the pocket and just like exchange punches with someone and hope that you're faster than them. And, you know, um, you can slow them down a bit. Yeah. 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 yeah it kind of goes back to being, just being thoughtful, like having a goal for every role. And it's so tricky in class. Cause it's like, okay, switch partners. And you're like, Oh, this person's smaller. This person's less. Like, how do I quickly come up with what am I going to try to get out of the sparring versus like, all right, let's just go for it and like, see what happens, you know? So having a, those decisions, I think before the role happens will help save you that time. Like, okay, this is what I want to get out of rolling with smaller people or, or less skilled people. I'm going to work my defense. So then when they say switch partners and you get, you know, someone lower belt than you, oh, cool. I'm going to practice defense. So yeah, that's something I'm trying to think about to get more ROI, I guess, out of that mat time when you, when you show up at the gym. So you don't have to just wing it and then you don't get much of it like maybe i did today like because i am it, it in a more macro sense like the next few months i really want to focus on those pin escapes and so knowing that now next time that happens i'll be like okay i'm still having fun let me just work on my my side control escapes with these people that are like super super beginners or something so yeah i think i kind of <laughs> answered the question for myself but it's just it's tricky in class because it's like those things happen so fast you know Right. And when you come with like one thing to work on, kind of like we talked about in the past episode and we've been talking about now, like sometimes that technique is better used against, you know, someone smaller or someone than someone bigger, you know? Mm -hmm. So 
And like you said, it just happens so fast. There's so many different body types. If you're lucky enough to have a lot of training partners, there's a lot of different body types. Um, so yeah, it's, it's tough. And like when you say to yourself, like, oh man, this doesn't work or, you know, I can't escape side control. Maybe you can't escape side control against this type of body because they pose this type of problem. And you're trying to like solve a different problem when that's not the problem that this body type is like presenting to you, you know? So yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's constant and there's, there's just so many variables. It's tough to, yeah. Yeah. I think a good framework for me might be like, first think about my macro goal. Like what, what in the next few months are, am I trying to work on? And for me, that's, that's pin escapes, guard retention. And then if the, it happens off balancing. And so knowing that then when someone higher skilled and or bigger versus someone lower skilled and or smaller, how should I approach those roles to get to my macro goal? And so I think if I like, come up with those decisions now, then when, when I go to class and we're switching partners and then I can almost personalize the class to benefit what I want versus just being the, the, at the effect of whatever the teacher wants to do that day, you know, cause it's hard to, it's almost like turning a class into your own private versus like always showing up and then having to do whatever is on the curriculum. If it may not fit your need, cause Ideally, we would all learn private lessons one on one, but it's got to be for a group. So, yeah, it's it's amazing. We were talking off air of like how much just this off the mat thinking, like listening to podcasts, discussions, mentorship can actually affect the ROI from your mat time. And it's like I think that's what makes this game so addicting. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a really smart way to approach it, and uh, I think you're you're on the right track for sure. <laughs> Thank you, Sensei. These uh, <laughs> these sessions have been so helpful, man. I can't I can't thank you enough for like spending the time on this this hotline and just helping all the thousands of white belts out there who are listening. The millions, millions, <laughs> millions. <laughs> awesome. Oh, how about how do you cool. roll against people of different race, ethnicity, or like religion? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a that's a funny question. <laughs> we click, we click. I wish click, I had click, a quick comeback or funny joke for that. Yeah, we just get canceled immediately. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> anyway, anything else on this one? Rolling with uh, less skilled people. No, I mean, I think uh, yeah, kind of like hit the nail on the head. I think like some. I think Eddie Bravo was the one that said like. The majority of like your training time is the black belt. If you like really want to get good, should be with like blue belts or whatever. So you can just like practice your offense or like cater it to pretty much whatever you want to do because you can control the the training. And yeah. like there's a bunch of examples. Like Hodger Gracie got like really, really good with training with like, you know, purple belts or whatever. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I definitely think kind of like what you said at the end, I think is a really good example. Like you just need to find a way to cater the class to you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you can do that regardless of, of your training partners. Um, right. yeah. Yeah. Strong point to end on. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you at the next one, man. It's so, it's so much more fun now that I'm like actively in jujitsu. I feel like the questions are a lot more, not like they're very timely and then very specific coming out of class. So I'm hoping that we could do more of these, these kind of impromptu yeah. sessions, especially like this episode, like you had a class five hours before and yeah. question that's like literally how we envision this podcast so yeah i'm glad we got to do this one a bit more organically it's kind of me like kind of thinking through the answers a bit more but hopefully people found it helpful 
Yeah. And I, I think just being in the dialogue helped me also to answer it myself, which I think great coaches and mentors do a good job of is like, they ask you the questions to help you find the tools to like help yourself. So a lot of it may be me rambling and fumbling through things, but together we like co-create some kind of answer for people out there, which is fun. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Cool, cool. Cool. Yeah. See you later. All right. Later, Josh.